Welcome into this edition of the Golf Central podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Lav. He's Rex live in Austin, Texas. And the bracket for the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play Championship has just been released. We're doing it semi-blind. We're going to give you the winners from each group. We're going to give you some upset alerts. We're going to give you some things to look out for, including the best restaurants to hit uh, while in Austin. All the good stuff. And, of course, we'll also touch on Sam Burns' title defense at the Valspar Championship and much, much more. But first, the aforementioned Stan Burns won the Valspar Championship once again with a Rogue ST Triple Diamond driver in the bag. Callaway's new Rogue ST drivers are their fastest, most stable drivers ever with four head shapes to fit every type of player. Their industry-leading innovations include an all-new tungsten speed cartridge, jailbreak speed frame, and an AI-designed flash face for maximum speed with exceptional levels of forgiveness. Rogue ST drivers are available now, and they are already winning on tours around the world. Go to CallawayGolf.com now to learn more. Definitely would love to get uh, my hands, Rex, on one of those drivers, especially leading into, uh, I believe, where it's, it's now an annual tradition, uh, playing Palmetto Golf Club the Sunday before the Masters. Any, any update? Uh, whether we'll be able to get out to Palmetto uh, prior to Masters Week. I'm groveling, just like I do every year. Hi, Brooks. Brooks, Brooks Blackburn. we love – this is this is literally one of the highlights of my year. That is not an exaggeration. It's more than I look forward to than my birthday. It's more than I look forward to uh, the Masters itself. It is the Sunday prior round uh, at uh, Palmetto. Please keep me posted on whether we'll be able to do that following the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Rex, as I mentioned, you just landed in Austin. We just printed out uh, the WGC match play bracket. Uh, Being uh, as gung-ho as I typically am, I printed out this bracket and then went one by one, uh, not just picking the group winners, but then also went through the round of 16, uh, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and championship match. So if you wanted to break down each and every... Uh, potential matchup i could however for the sake of our listeners uh, and or our sanity we are not going to do that however what we are going to do is go through each and every one of the groups to you can pick a winner and just a reminder you have the uh, this is a round robin format for the first three days of this championship it is not win or go home it has been that way now for a number of years and so you have a players b players c players and d players all listed uh with world rankings if you'd like to follow along uh with this podcast uh i would welcome you to go to either golfchannel.com or pjtour.com and print out a bracket for yourself but rex let's begin with the a player in group one he's the world's number one player if you've been following along and that is john rom he is squared off against patrick reed cameron young and Sebastian Munoz. To me, this is a very intriguing group. We'll break down at the very end uh, which ones you're most interested in, but how do you see this one going? As soon as I opened up this email, and I just opened it up about 30, 40 minutes ago before we did the podcast, I looked at group one and gasped. I I, I literally had to... My God! If that's not the group of death, I don't know what is. You have John Rahm, who is playing well. I mean, I don't know that we could sit here and pick apart too many parts of his game. Clearly, putting is not his strongest suit right now, but I, you have to believe it sounds, like, it sounds like you're picking that apart right now. Uh, well, it's, I mean, you have to believe it's going to 
work itself out eventually. He's hitting the ball too well. Patrick Reed, and we all know his record in match play, and we all know his attitude in match play. And, oh, just the players' champion, Cameron Young, also in the group. And if you look at the way Sebastian Munoz has been playing, I, I didn't – I kind of went chalk just because I was too afraid to do anything else. But then I started thinking to myself, like, is there anyone right now in the game that's playing better than Cameron Young? Maybe Scotty Scheffler. I, I think I would make an argument for either one of those two guys. So I went with Cameron, but I think he could go any, – any four of these guys could do it. Cameron Young, you're not confusing him with Cameron Smith, are you, the player's champion? Since you did call I, Cameron Young the player's champion. Uh, I did I did briefly, but I, I corrected it. I appreciate you being a good teammate and calling me out on it. I just think Cameron Young's playing very, very well as well as Cameron Smith, and I still believe this is the group of death. Cameron Smith not playing this week decided to opt out to get some uh, more rest and some R&R with his family uh, before they head back to Australia. We wish Cameron so did Smith. Rory. Did that surprise you that Rory opted no, out No, well? because he's, he's, playing, he's playing the Valero. He played Bay Hill. That would be a, a ton of golf heading in. And quite frankly, we also had Sam Burns, the Valspar champion, uh, withdraw uh, on Monday of tournament week. Phil Mickelson, Harris English, Hideki Matsuyama, who's been dealing with the neck issue, uh, all those guys – are not playing. I think it's still TBD on whether Bryson actually makes it to the first tee on Wednesday. So stay posted uh, for Rex uh, and, and to us on, on golfchannel.com. I'm, I'm with you. To me, Cameron Young in this group is, is kind of the big question mark, right? Like we've never seen him in his championship before. He really hasn't had all that much experience uh, other than playing an elite amateur competition. This is obviously a, a big step forward. You always look at Patrick Reed. However, he's been statistic one of the worst ball strikers on the PJ Tour this season. To me, John Rahm, I think you just have to pick him uh, by default. He is not playing his best golf. I think he would agree with that. Uh, but he's still playing well enough uh, to advance out of this group with a couple of unknowns. Group two, the number two ranked player in the world, Kyle Moakawa, going up against Jason Kokrak, front of the Saudis, uh, as well as uh, Sergio Garcia and Robert McIntyre. Bobby Mack, who you got in group two? Uh, Bobby Mack hit that driver on 18 here yeah. last year. That was probably right. the highlight of the entire tournament, um, and he was fun to watch. And he, if he stays in the sun too long, I'm afraid he's going to explode because he has the pure Scott of skin. But um, <laughs> actually, I, I was surprised when I sat and thought about this when Sergio Garcia, this is his second home, his family is here, and he plays this event really well. He made it to the quarterfinals here last year. I don't know if his form is up to par right now, so to speak, against the rest of this group, certainly Colin Morikawa is the best ball striker in the game right now. So you would think that he would be, he'd do well in this format, but I like Sergio out of that group, a bit of an upset. I'm picking Sergio as well. And you're right. His form really? uh, to date this season has, has not been good. Uh, finished T12, I believe uh, in Dubai. Other than that does not have a finish inside the top 20 coming off kind of a, an uneven performance. I would say at TBC Sawgrass, a golf course uh, that he, that he knows and loves. You put him in match play though. He turns into a different animal. I just have, I guess some questions about Colin Morikawa. He has not played well over the past two weeks. Got caught on the bad side of the draw at the players championship uh, and then barely scratched out a made cut and finished uh, T 69 out of 72 players who made the cut uh, at the Valspar championship. So yeah, uh, to me, Sergio Garcia uh, does make the most sense even though he is what I think the, yeah, he's a C player in this group. You can't pick all a players to advance because it just doesn't happen. And in fact, the D player uh, seems to advance uh, just as uh, frequently. How about group three Rex? To me, this is, this is where it starts to get good. I wouldn't call this the group of death right now. You're staking your claim to group one. Group, one. group three is Victor Hovland, 
Will Zalatoris, ding, 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 uh, Cameron Tringali, and Sepp Straka. This is a very intriguing group. So you're going uh, Zalatoris by the sound of it, since you since you hit the alarm. No, button. I'm. That that wasn't that wasn't an alarm button. That was that was let's let's ring the bell because Hovland Zalatoris uh, on Friday, hoping that that's a winner take all matchup, is just about as good as it gets. I, I I'm going to go ahead and go chalk on this one and pick Victor Hovland simply because it seems to me he keeps putting himself into the hunt. However, we're starting to see it time and time again where the short game is a serious problem. And anytime you have a wedge in his hands, I mean, you and I both were cringing in that media center last week. Every time he had, he had to chip, and it was, oh, no, this isn't going to turn out well. And you get a bunch of those situations. I mean, they say that every day here is like playing a Sunday on the PGA Tour in contention. So that, in theory, you're dealing with the same nerves and you're dealing with the same things that make Victor such a concerning pick. I, I went with him just because I didn't feel comfortable going with anybody else. If you look at Zalatoris, ever since his run-up finish at Torrey Pines, he really hasn't done much. And so I kind of picked Victor by default. Uh, I'm taking Victor uh, as well. And you mentioned the short game woes. You're going to see a golf course in Austin Country Club that does not have uh, as ferocious, I would say, uh, chipping and pitching areas as we've seen certainly over the Florida Swing. It's just a different uh, style of, of of setup there. Uh, the course conditions will certainly be different. So I think that concern, I guess, if you have concern at all, would be somewhat alleviated. Will Zalatoris, uh, I'm very curious to see if he is given any gimmies anywhere around three foot range. It is uh, become musty. <laughs> it has become musty TV. Will Zalatoris inside short range. I will be very interested to see how forgiving his fellow tour pros are. Now the other two players in this group, Rex, Cameron Tringali, just outside the top 50 cutoff uh, for uh, the Masters invitation after this week. The top 50 players in the world will receive an invite if they are not already exempt. Cameron Tringali was number 51 at the end of 2021. He remains in that position one spot off, so he certainly has plenty to play for. Uh, I would think just a group victory uh, would be enough potentially to nudge him ahead of number 50. And Sepp Straka, winner at the Honda Classic, backed it up with a very good players championship as well. All of that, Rex said, I'm going chalk with you. I'm taking Victor Hovland coming out of group three. How about group four? Patrick Cantley coming off a very surprising miscut at the players championship, along with Sung J M. He's the B player, uh, Seamus power and Keith Mitchell. Go dogs. Who you got in group four? I don't think you're the Labner curse can, can last forever, can it? I mean, that's only like a one-off week. So, so you killed him at the Players' Championship, metaphorically, because you did the big story on him. Very, very good story. Check it out at GolfChannel.com. But, I mean, that, that curse only lasts one week, right? I sure, I, I sure hope so. I mean, it's been, it's been almost a year since Patrick Kentley missed back-to-back cuts. I, I, he certainly can't miss a cut here, but he could certainly not get out of his group potentially. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with Patrick because I feel like he's one good putting week away. And I could say the same thing about John Rahm. I could probably say the same thing about a couple of different players. But I feel good about where Patrick's game is, at least on the West Coast. It seemed like he was doing everything right except for putting well enough to win. And you got to be one putting week away, and I feel like he is. Keith Mitchell, to me, is an interesting player. I'm not necessarily picking him to upset Patrick Cantlay and potentially get out of this group but I'm also going to couch that and say that it wouldn't surprise me at all. And that when that matchup on Wednesday, that's the A player versus the D player. If you are uh, playing along at home is intriguing to me. You look at Keith Mitchell's record this year. I mean, one, two, three, four 
top 15 finishes in his last five starts, including a T13 at the Players' Championship. Not saying that Keith Mitchell is going to win this group. However, if he beats Patrick Cantlay uh, in that first matchup on Wednesday, he is well on his way. That said, I guess for the sake of this purpose, uh, for the purpose of this uh, exercise, I will take Patrick Cantlay. How about Group 5, Rex? One of the hottest players in all of golf. That's Scotty Scheffler, along with basically all of England. <laughs> Matt Fitzpatrick, <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood, and Ian Poulter, uh, Ryder Cup preview of sorts. Can Scotty prevail? I mean, if if he could win this Ryder Cup single-handedly, he would do it this week, right? In this particular scenario, he's just going to mow down all of them. Yeah, and Scotty's an easy pick. I mean, he lost in the finals here to Billy Horschel last year, so it's clearly a format he's comfortable in. He's comfortable on this golf course, having gone to Texas, having spent time playing this when he was in college. And I would argue, like I said, alongside a few others, but I think he's the hottest player in the game right now after what he did at Bay Hill. We, we talked about it on Sunday night about the highlight of the Florida swing was watching him grind out that victory. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't aesthetically pleasing at all, but it certainly was oppressive. So yeah, I, he's an easy pick for me in group five. So uh, a little peek behind the curtain. I printed out this bracket in the back in the black round, and the background is black. The background is black. And so I wrote down who I had picked to advance. I can't read it. Uh, I do, however, think that says, uh, fits, which would not be uh, all that surprising. And so, hmm, I'm going to have to think through this one, Rex, because Scotty Scheffler, obviously the runner-up in this tournament last year, uh, victories I feel in like two I almost your mind of his last now. four tournaments. I like Matt Fitz- Fitzpatrick, too, now that I'm kind of recalling why I picked him. Four of his last five starts in the PGA Tour have gone for top tens. I think if this golf course, I'm not sure, I, I'm not there. If he's playing kind of firm and fiery, it really puts an emphasis uh, on Matt Fitzpatrick's short game, which, as we know, is among the best. And I don't think Tommy Fleetwood necessarily is going to be an easy out as well. He, yes, has uh, kind of slid down the world rankings. He has not been playing uh, all that well over the past six months, but did show well some signs of he life. Well yeah, yeah, exactly. Showed some signs of life. Uh, at the Players' Championship, and Ian Folter, Ian Folter, quite frankly, uh, just not have his best stuff. I'm going to take Fitz just because I don't want to continue Oof. to go uh, chalk. Chalk. But, you know, Scotty Scheffler, bad side of the draw at the players as well, so it's hard to uh, think too much about that. How about Group 6? Justin Thomas coming off a T3 at the Valspar Championship, along with Kevin Kisner, Mark Leishman, and Luke List. I feel like we could just rehash what we said last night on Sunday night during writer's block about Justin Thomas, that he's playing well, he's giving himself opportunities, but I think we both agree that he's missing something, that there's just something from his game Sunday at Valspar that wasn't there that you would expect from one of the game's top five players, let's call him right now. And I don't know if this is the week that I expect him to get it back, especially when you're looking at a group that's got a guy like Kevin Kisner in it. And you, you talked about how tough a Keith Mitchell could be another bulldog. I know what I'm, I know what I'm leaning into here and I know what a pain in the butt you're going to be about it, but it's going to be hard for him to get out of this bracket. It's not an easy bracket to move through. So I'm going to go with JT, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, I'm not going to go with Justin Thomas. And quite frankly, we look at his uh, record in the WGC match play. He has uh, a below 500 uh, record. In fact, he's only uh, had one good showing. That was a fourth place finish uh, in 2018 when he reached the semifinals, I'm taking kids. I'm taking kids for the oh, simple fact Homer. that he, he is 16, six and one in this format and getting up against Justin Thomas, uh, 
on, on Friday. Uh, I think we're all hoping that that is a winner-take-all matchup. Uh, I like Kiz head-to-head. He's a better putter than Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. That's really the, the, the weak spot of Thomas's game right now and probably the reason why he hasn't won two or three times despite uh, which are some gaudy uh, strokes gain T-degree numbers. I like Kiz uh, potentially pulling an upset in Group 6, although based on his record, I'm not sure that is too much of an upset. Group 7, this is a weird one for me. Xander Schauffele is the A player. Tony Finau, Lucas Herbert, and Takumi Kanaya, who I'm sure you can open up the notebook on. I don't think I can open up the notebook on any of them. I kind of just started going through from the top down. Xander was 1-0-2 here last year. I mean, so clearly this is a format. He played well at the Ryder Cup, so he knows how to do it, but I just don't know if it comes alive here. Tony didn't make it out of pool play last year in, in this particular event. I, I, you always, in that situation, you kind of defer, but I can see Lucas stunning the whole bracket and emerging. I just don't know if, like, that. this is a pick to me. I think any four will do it. Why would you pick Lucas Herbert? Uh, I actually covered his lone PGA Tour victory in Bermuda last fall, and I was very impressed with his game in very, very difficult conditions. Uh, that, is, that is a great non-answer. Uh, circling back, I believe, for the first time in podcast history to something that happened at the Bermuda Championship. Uh, good for you. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like Xander is, a, is kind of a, 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 an X factor. Like we, he's, uh, he's I see what you did there. Yes, that's clever. Oh, I didn't even think about that. He like he's played, he's played seven times this year. It's not like he hasn't played at all. He just hasn't done anything particularly outstanding, right? Like he had a chance to win in Phoenix, but other than that, he's just kind of racked up some top twenties. Um, I, I think in this format, head to head, that's kind of what he would prefer as opposed to kind of being at the whims of of one hundred fifty five other players uh, for a guy who has kind of struggled. Uh, in that position to nail down regular PJ tour wins since 2019. So I'm taking Xander don't necessarily feel great about it. Uh, if how is, how does that sound uh, for a bunch of conviction? Now, how about group eight? I don't think, I don't think either one of us sold our picks for that particular group. No, no, just, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pick them to win on the round, round of 16. So whoever wants to win that group go nuts. I don't have you winning a uh, group eight, Dustin Johnson, fresh off of falling outside the top, 10 in the world rankings for the first time since March 2015 alongside Max Homa, Matthew Wolf, and Canada's own Mac Hughes. Who you got? You know my eye immediately went to Mac Hughes because I'm, I'm kind of – We in, love Mac. We love I Mac. Love, I Great love guy. Mac Hughes. Also covered his victory at the RSM Classic a few falls ago in case you were curious. Uh, but he made it to the Sweet 16 last year, so obviously a format that he likes. I just don't know if he's in decent form. He's missed two of his last three. He missed the cut in two of his last three starts. Same thing with Matthew Wolf, your boy Matthew Wolf. Missed the cut in two of his last three starts. Matthew Wolf just Matthew Wolf just started uh, just unfollowed me on Twitter. I'm not sure he's necessarily my boy anymore. What'd you say? No, I, nothing he, about him. He has, I mean, he hasn't done anything notable. Uh, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe he was he was hurt by you, you ignoring him i'm not i'm not ignoring it it's not it's not a it's not a willingly ignored i've just been paying attention to other players uh i had to go after i kind of ran this through in my mind a couple of different times uh max homa he, he's been consistent in his last couple starts he's finished in the top 20 his last four starts he didn't make it out of the uh the pod play last year but he did go two one and oh so again i don't know how much conviction i'm going to have but i'm picking max uh, that's a good pick. I think Max Homa probably has the most to play for in that group, considering he needs to get 
uh, on that U.S. President's Cup roster. It just seems to be getting deeper and deeper. That's what's on his mind. Yeah, Hank and Davis think, loves team. Yes, Charlotte. I think this. Okay. I think this is an abs- This is absolutely uh, an opportunity for him to make a statement. Now, it hasn't worked in the past for a Kisner or a Horschel, uh, but Max Homa, he desperately wants to be uh, on one of those U.S. teams. And besides uh, playing into contention in a major championship, which he has not yet done at this point in his career, uh, making a, a team is very important. And I am taking DJ, though. Uh, not a great performance at the Valspar Championship, but did kind of backdoor his way uh, inside the top 20, I believe, or Maybe I don't have that right. I don't know. No, that was at, at the at players. The players yeah, at the he players championship. Inside the course record on Sunday, uh, finished inside the top ten. Uh, didn't have a great week at the Valspar. Excuse me. Uh, finished in a T thirty nine. I keep waiting for DJ to pop. I thought once the Saudi distractions were behind him, I thought potentially while he was tumbling down the world ranking, something would kick in. I keep waiting for it. He's way too talented uh, to keep going along like this. I'm taking DJ to advance uh, out of Group Eight. How about Group 9, Rex? The first time uh, Bryson DeChambeau is supposed to be in a PJ Tour field since late January at the Farmers Insurance Open. If he does make it to Wednesday morning, I'm so skeptical. If he does decide to go, Burn Beesberg will be the first alternate. Uh, he's certainly going to be have a, a lot of eyes on him. And he would have a very intriguing first-round matchup because he'd go against 49-year-old Richard, Richard Bland. Bland. Richard Bland, 49-year-old who averages about 290 off the tee. He's going to be spotting Bryson roughly 50 or 60 yards uh, off the tee each and every hole that they play. Also in this group, Taylor Gooch. 51-year-old Lee Westwood. And Lee Westwood. Who you got out of group nine with Bryson DeChambeau and that bulky hand slash wrist? We talked about Bryson last night, and I think both of us are in the same boat. I'm, I'm worse than 50-50 now. Like I said, the closer we get to Wednesday's opening round, that number's going to go down. I'm, I'm doing the split now. It's, let's call it 40-60, somewhere around in there, that, he, that he's not going to play simply because there's no reason for him to play. Um, the whole point of this is to be ready for the Masters. So why would you push yourself in this particular situation? So it, it's, it makes it almost an impossible bracket to pick, although I do like the way Taylor Gooch has been playing. He played well at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He's actually got a bad record in this particular format, but there's so many uncertainties that go into this. I'm going to pick Taylor. I'm picking Taylor as well, even though he was coming off a, a miscut at the Players' Championship just a week before that at T7 uh, at Bay Hill. And I want to touch on on Bryson Rex because he, it's, it's such a conundrum that I feel like almost all these top players face. Like, do you actually want to win this tournament? Do you, do you want to play the 120 or whatever holes it is uh, basically a week, a week and a half before the Masters tournament? And if you're Bryson and you just started hitting drivers last week, do you really want to put yourself through the strain of having to play, what is that, six or seven matches uh, over the course of a week? It's a lot. That is a toll that is putting on these players' bodies. I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that, that those who have super deep runs – uh, in the match play a week and a half later, aren't necessarily showing up at the Masters uh, in the same type of form. I wish, and this is a great opportunity for me to, to go on to go on my soapbox here. I wish this tournament was played in October. It is the perfect fall event. I don't love the round robin format, 
but I like match play in general. I like the fact that it's not a 72-hole stroke play tournament like we see so often on the PGA Tour. I just wish they would find a better spot in the schedule because two weeks before the Masters just doesn't work for this very issue that we're discussing, or at least I'm discussing. Well, and the rub here is the reason they added the round robin to this is because guys didn't want to show up and play one round or 12 holes or get bounced early on a Wednesday. And again, they turn the most exciting Wednesday in golf into three watered-down days that kind of gets exciting on Friday afternoon and then kind of doesn't. More than the format, the timing. The timing just doesn't work for me. They've got to find a better spot in the schedule for it. Uh, It would probably help. I don't know how much longer it's going to be on the schedule. In case you haven't looked around lately, there aren't any other WGCs left. So this is a a lonely, lonely box in the corner of the closet that no one's really paying attention to. You can't just get rid of the match play championship. I don't care if it's a WGC. You can't get rid of the only match play event on the schedule. Uh, I wouldn't think so because I think it does have a place. Certainly two weeks for the Masters doesn't seem like the right place, as you pointed out. But I don't know. If you move it to the fall, I don't know if it still has the same cachet. If you're still getting the top 64 players in the field, you're not getting that now. So I guess it doesn't even matter. But I think the schedule is only part of the problem when it comes to this event. Hmm. Well, that was no? dire. That was more dire than I was more dire than I was hoping. I mean, what's, I mean just look, what, look else, around the landscape. The I mean, I mean, you're always you're always going to have opt outs. That's that's nothing new. We've had, we have six now and counting, including some big names uh, like Roy McIlroy. Uh, I think that would be true whether this thing is played in February or played in June or played in November. I, I, some guys just don't want to have to play it, even though it's guaranteed money, world ranking points, and FedEx Cup points. And I, I just don't know. You're right. It probably won't be a WGC, but do you get rid of the match play altogether? I don't think you should because, as we pointed out, as a one-off, it is fun. But you go back to whatever the old format was where you do have – the exciting Friday. And look, the reality of that is, is a lot of the top names are gone by Friday afternoon, Thursday morning, even sometimes, but that's sort of the nature of match play. And you, as, as the, the television audience, as corporate America just would just need to understand in these particular situations that you're not always going to get the high profile matchups you want, but you do get a format that's unlike anything else. And it's entertaining. Uh, And I am glad that they went away from the 36 hole championship match, which we had, uh, a couple of years ago, that was always a drag. As excited as I may have been for whatever championship match it was, uh, I was quickly uh, that that enthusiasm was quickly diminished as we were on like hole eleven of of the scheduled thirty six. All right, let's <laughs> let's let's move on to Group Ten. Louis Oosthuizen is the A player, along with your boy Paul Casey, Corey Connors, and Alex Doran. It's, it's a good bracket. I, I'm not going to lie. As soon as I saw it, I, I made my pick because I'm in the bag for Paul Casey. I think the heartbreak at TPC probably took a little while for him to get over the fact he skipped the Valspar Championship where he was a two-time champion. How much that event means to him shows that letting the Players' Championship get away from him, and I think that's fair to say. I mean, I, I don't know. Another way of, of, of saying it, simply because of the way he performed coming down the stretch, he had an opportunity and didn't get it done. That being said, I mean, we know his match play record. We, we know what he's capable of doing in this particular format, and he is playing well, so I like Paul. Uh, I'm taking Paul Casey as well for literally what? all the same uh, reasons that you just mentioned, Louis stays in. And we also back- don't need to do group 11 because I know both of us are going to do the same for group 11 as well. 
<laughs> all right. So first of all, I always used to take Louis Eustace as like my one and done back when I would do one and, one and done league for my father-in-law. We would make the picks on January one uh, for every single tournament. Louis was like my, sh- my shoe and every single year I could count on him to make it to the quarterfinals. However, uh, he's had some injury issues pop up. Uh, his form has not nearly been as good as it was last summer. So for all the reasons you mentioned, Paul Casey, to me, emerging out of group 10, but keep your eyes on Alex Storm. How about group 11? You mentioned it. JS, Jordan Spieth, home JS game, or at, least, or at least it used to be. That's his logo, uh, along with Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Keegan Bradley. Rex, this is the all majors. This is the all majors grouping. Uh, Keegan Bradley, yes, he did win a major. Uh, look it up, kids. Uh, who do you got coming out of group 11? Uh, I'm going with Jordan Spieth. It's pretty easy. I think, as you pointed out, it's still a hometown. It's probably his fifth major. If you ask Jordan Spieth, oh, I don't know. Probably Nelson would be the fifth major. This would be six or seven on the list. He's played well in this format before. So if you look at the names in that group, I don't know if anyone is playing better golf than him right now. So it's I'm not only doing it, I'm not doing it just to make you smile. I'm doing it because I think it's a good pick. I'm doing Keegan Bradley. This is... But- a bit of a curveball. Keegan Bradley nearly had a chance to win at the Players' Championship. I think his neuroses uh, are back and, be, and can be just kind of the, the fidgety nightmare uh, in this type of format. He has had success in match play in the past. I think for guys like Speed and Adam Scott, whose who's record in this tournament is just absolutely dreadful uh, the few times that he does show up. I think Speed's got his eyes elsewhere, Rex. I think his eyes are two weeks down the road. I think his mm. eyes are next week uh, at the Valero Texas Open where he is defending. I think he has bigger fish to fry uh, than potentially playing the five days in Austin for this championship. So I'm going Keegan Bradley as an upset, if only to fill the quota, because I know some D players are, are going to win. And so why not? In group 11. How about group 12? Billy Horschel, the A player, along with Thomas Peters, Tom Hoagie, and Min Woo Lee. This is one's kind of gross. Not going to lie. This group's kind of gross. Kind of gross. Oh, wow. I had to, uh, it took me a second because obviously I'm going to go with Billy Horschel just to let the cat out of the bag. He's a defending champion and he, he played well Same. in the Florida swing, in the Florida swing. I mean, you can make all the reasons why you feel like, but Tom Hoagie's playing really good golf now. I mean, I don't know if I could bring myself to picking him over Billy, but you talk about picking a D player. How many C players have you picked? I don't think there's been many. Uh, how many C players just cycling through that? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, Sergio. Sergio is my only C player that I've picked All right. uh, so far. Look, we, and we've gone like way too chalky. I'm not going to lie. Like we've gone way too chalky. There's not going to be this many A players. However, in this one, just bereft of other options, we're taking Billy Horschel uh, to advance uh, out, of, out of group 12. Uh, group three, there's some uh, firework potential here, Rex, with Terrell Hatton, Daniel Berger on Friday. God, I hope that one is winner take all. Siwoo Kim and Christian but Zayden, who this is the rare Zayden. matchup, uh, the rare matchup, Rex, where you're going to have two players uh, who are inside the top 20 in the world ranking. In fact, this is the only matchup of A and B players where both players are ranked inside the top 20. To me, whoever wins that one is going to advance. So who you got, Hattenberger or potentially other? Oh, I think it's going to be an explosion. I think one of them is going to lose their mind and start breaking things, and it's going to be it's going to be gorgeous. Uh, but I'm going to go with Book simply because he, he played well. Florida Swing, huh? played well at the Honda, played well 
at TPC. He didn't advance last year, but as I pointed out, he was 2-1-0, and sometimes that's just the way. It's a weird format, kind of the way that they do the round robin. So I feel like he's consistently playing well, and I feel like the game is there. Uh, I don't care who wins that one. I just hope there is some sort of confrontation uh, because it will be – Over, under ex- on how many ex- clubs are broken? Ex- exclusive, like, like Hatton does not suffer fools well. Uh, Berger has a reputation uh, of being an enforcer. Uh, I think we saw that uh, again at the Players Championship with the rules. Is that what that was? There. I'm still, I'm still not really sure who won that one uh, between Berger, Hovland, and Joel Damon. And I still think there was uh, something nefarious going on uh, with those uh, Netflix cameras being what do you mean? Uh, all being all what do you being mean? all too present afterward. I, I mean, How so you were. Is there, is there anything you'd like to share about that, Rex, based no, on some of you your mean? prior reporting? You're the one reporting. What have I reported? Where are you going with this? I, all I can say, uh, I don't have any other inside knowledge. All I can do is what I saw uh, observationally. And those cameras uh, waiting for the group, uh, all three of whom uh, have signed on to participate in the Netflix doc. And so to see the cameras waiting outside the scoring uh, building uh, the cameraman essentially uh, salivating at the prospect of having some sort of dust up left me with just i don't know a little bit of funny feeling like that entire incident uh, may have been juiced uh, for the cameras not saying it was you, you think just they did saying, that to manufacture drama for the netflix series is that what you're suggesting i can literally see it in the promo already look at these feisty pj tour players in the pj tours flagship event just going after each other yeah, turn my video back on because I need to see this in your eyes. I need to make sure I understand exactly what you're what you're saying here. You think they manufactured this 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 made for TV drama just because of some sort of Netflix special? That's interesting. I didn't. I hadn't even thought about that. That that's uh that's one way to look at it. Uh, I'm saying it's possible. I'm not saying like Victor Hovland still had an opportunity to win the Players Championship. Daniel Berger was not in the mix, and Joel Damon was certainly not in the mix. And Joel Damon, uh, who uh, by all accounts is going to be uh, the, star, the breakout star of this series. Yes, I'm saying they are potentially motivated to make a bigger deal out of it and juice the drama uh, for other reasons okay. than just uh, protecting the field. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm taking. That's interesting. I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking Boog as well. Uh, group 14: Joaquin Neiman, Kevin Na, Russell Henley, Mav McNeely, my boy, getting in the field after Sam Burns WD. Who you got? Can Mav McNeely pull the upset? You don't have a, uh, you've only got one D player. So I think I know where you're leaning for this. I don't know if Mav McNeely can pull the upset. I'm going to go with Joaquin Neiman, although I think there's going to be, this is going to be a fun group to watch just because I think all four players have a little fight to them. And even if they're not probably playing their best golf, I still think you're going to end up seeing some good matches, but I don't think you can dismiss how much that victory in Los Angeles meant to Joaquin Neiman. I mean, not just winning on the PGA tour, but winning that particular event, having Tiger Woods sort of hand you the trophy and congratulate you. I think that did more for really his motivation did more for his confidence than anything else I I could actually imagine because he doesn't have a great record in this particular event, but I still like Joaquin. Do you like the, you like the bounce? You like the, 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 the bump, the, the Riviera bump about a month and a half later. That's, that's what you're saying? Uh, I do, and it's starting to pour here. If that changes any of your ideas, either for this bracket or this group or any of the other groups. Uh, I did see that. We, you're gonna, actually going to have some severe weather uh, on Monday of tournament week. Uh, that does not change anything. I still do not think that Richard Bland can beat Bryson 
uh, while spotting him 50 or 60 yards off the tee. Uh, I'm not taking Maverick McNeely, although I did text him on Monday morning, and he confirmed this is the first time that he has ever played match play against a pro. His last match play competition was the 2017 Walker Cup. Uh, and so oh. Mav McNeely, he said, uh, depending on how many wins this week, he'll be getting Sam Burns to WD, uh, a very nice bottle of wine. For my pick coming out of this group, it's Russell Henley. Back-to-back top 15 finishes uh, on the PGA Tour during the Florida Swing. And here's a, here's a trivia question for you, Rex. Who is number one on tour in strokes gained approach? I'll give you a hint. It's not Colin Morikawa. It is not Justin Thomas. It is not the world number one, John Rahm, nor is it the reigning PJ Tour player of the year in Patrick Cantley. The answer is Russell Henley. Russell Henley is gaining more than a shot on the field per round with his approach play, and that is important in a championship such as the match play because it continually puts pressure on your opponent. If you're flagging it each and every single hole, yeah, you're going to force your opponent into some mistakes. So I like Russ Henley in a bit of an upset to come out of group 14. Rex, how about group 15? Speaking of dogs, you have Abe Answer, Webb Simpson, and then two dogs, Ooh. Brian Harmon and Bubba Watson. Who you got? Oh, I didn't woof, know where you woof, were going woof, with woof. this. Didn't know where you were going with this. I'm actually going yeah, with it was not. It was not. It was, it was dogs in like a supportive sense and not in a derogatory sense. Like Webb Simpson, he's my dog. Is that what you were going for there? Yeah, like D-A-W-G. Not, no, I like got he's, not like he's been Watson. playing like a dog. Okay, because it, it could have gone either way on that one. I was sure, just checking. Definitely I'm could. actually going for the dog, D-A-W-G, and Brian Harmon. I just think, I mean, the fact that you would pull him in this particular group, I mean, it's got to be deflating for all of the rest of them, Abe Answer, Webb Simpson, Bubba Watson, because you know how good he is at this particular format, and then you look at how well he's played. He finished tied for fifth in Tampa. I saw some really cool things from him on Sunday at Annisburg Resort. I think he is going to just, I don't want to say unstoppable, but if he doesn't make it to the Sweet 16, I'm going to be surprised. Webb, as you detailed at the Players' Championship, has been dealing uh, with some injury issues. Bubba Watson, kind of hit or miss, had an opportunity to win in Saudi, started off well at the Players' Championship and predictably faded there. And so whoever wins that all-diminutive pairing uh, or that grouping, excuse me, on Thursday between Abe Answer and Brian Harmon, both guys uh, under five foot eight, and I can talk about people's height uh, because I too am short. Uh, I think is going to be the winner of this group, and like you, uh, I like Brian Harmon. A terrific match play record, and a dude who you just don't want to go up against because he's not going to no. give you anything. He's going to give you all heart, all hashtag grit. Uh, the final group that we are going to break down is headlined. By Brooks Kepka. Now that Sam Burns is out, Brooks Kepka uh, moved from a B player to the final A player. He is in a group alongside Shane Lowry, Harold Varner III, and Eric Van Ruyen. We got. Uh, I was looking hard at Varner. He played well at the Players Championship. I, I feel like the victory earlier this year in Saudi Arabia pushed him over into sort of a new category, turn the corner, whatever cliche you want to throw out there. But it, I can't go beyond Brooks, and I haven't gone chalk in a couple of picks now. So I'm going to go with Brooks. But the part that was kind of throwing me, when you look at what he has done this year, he's been so hit and miss. If you look at really his last five events, either he's making the cut and he's giving himself an outside chance or he's missing the cut. There's nothing in between. And, and we have talked about this when it came to Brooks for a while now. And I keep contending that 
if we're having this conversation after the major championship season, then yes, that's when I will consider it to be a problem. That said, we're two weeks from the Masters, and I need to start seeing a little bit more from Brooks than what we are seeing. I, again, he was solid last week at the Dallas Bar and finished tied for 12. It's not as though he played crappy, but I just final don't. Round, final around 65 if you're looking for momentum. I just don't, I don't feel like any, I don't feel like that level of play that we have come to expect for him at the masters is there. And you would think that we would have started to see shades of it by now. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to incite the Jordan Spieth uh, rationale here when it comes to Brooks Kepka. I think he has bigger things on his mind and that's two weeks uh, down the road. I'm sure he has either been to Augusta national or is planning a, a recon trip here. Uh, in the next 14 days before we head to the first major of the year. He has had a couple of good uh, t- tournaments uh, in this particular event, T5 in 2016 and T9 uh, once the format changed in 2017. He's kind of that alpha, right? Like head-to-head, uh, he's going to give you it. He doesn't want to lose. Uh, however, I'm taking Shane Lowry. Uh, had an opportunity win at the Honda Classic. Uh, has only backed that up uh, on the Florida swing with uh, top 15 finishes, including at the Players' Championship. Obviously grew up playing a ton of match play, and I think he wants to redeem himself after what was a pretty disappointing uh, Ryder Cup performance last fall. So I'm taking Shane Lowry as the B player to advance out of Group 16. Harold Varner III has locked up his spot uh, among the top 50 in the world and will be at the Masters. So I think that's a huge uh, relief for him wouldn't surprise me if he takes his foot off the gas pedal just a little bit so there's a breakdown of all the groups if you want to at home i'm sure we have some sort of bracket challenge that you can play along with but rex who you got in your championship match uh, since i know you've been diligently working your way through this bracket uh, i have not been dil- diligently working my way through the bracket because it's so impossible i mean we've seen it year in this is impossible this is an impossible exercise it is. It is. I'm not, I'm not going to play your silly little game. I'm not going to try to pick which one of these 64 players is going to emerge out of the of what is something that you can't make sense out of. I mean, there's going to be upsets. You said it yourself. We picked way too much chalk. And you and I both know there's going to be probably more D players that advance than A players. Uh, you're right. And this is 18-hole match play. And these are top 70 players in the world. I, I don't like calling them upsets because they – they, they really aren't like if you're this high caliber of a player, anyone can beat anyone, uh, especially over four rounds. However, my championship match, all that said, my championship match is Dustin Johnson defeating Paul Casey. Dustin Johnson has now gone more than a calendar year since winning worldwide, just dropped outside the top 10 in the world rankings. And thanks to our friend, uh, stats guru Justin Ray for dropping this knowledge uh, right before we taped our podcast. The highest whole win percentage at Austin Country Club among the players in the field. DJ is second on that list, winning 31.6% of his holes played. Also keep an eye, as I mentioned, on Alex Dorn, who is third on that list. So I'll take DJ over Paul Casey, your boy, uh, to win the WGC match play. Now that concludes Rex our WGC Dell match play breakdown. I'm not sure we've ever done a podcast in which we have spewed more nonsense, whatever we just talked about for 30 minutes, uh, nothing, maybe, maybe 2% of what we just said will actually, will actually transpire over the week (laughs) at Austin country club. It always is good viewing regardless of the format. Let's talk a little bit 
about the Valspar Championship that wrapped up on Sunday. Pretty interesting duel between Sam Burns and Davis Riley, a battle of uh, former number one ranked junior players, accomplished collegiate players, and now uh, with Burns, certainly an established rising star on the PG Tour, and Davis Riley, who is a rookie on the PG Tour and still trying to find his footing after winning twice on the Corn Ferry Circuit in 2020. What kind of stood out to you about how Sunday went down at Innisbrook? Uh, I had a friend of ours from Callaway Golf text me last night and asked me if there was anything. For my me. driver shaft? It's no, he wasn't stiff. asking me that. It's going to be a stiff, and it's going to be a nine-and-a-half degree. Asking me what if Sam's driving stats stood out for him that week. And, and nothing really stood out, if I'm being honest, not from his driving stats, from his putting stats. And we touched on this last night. You can't measure clutch putting, but I'm going to go ahead and call that the best clutch putting performance, at least on Sunday over those last, let's call it five or six holes that I think we've seen this year, simply because he didn't make every putt, but he made every putt that mattered. And it is interesting because you've had Sam Burns now get in contention uh, on the PGA Tour as much, if not more, than any other player uh, on the PGA Tour over the past calendar. He had the most 36-hole leads uh, on the PGA Tour over that time frame. And look, you're going to have some Sundays where it doesn't go your way. In, in fact, on Monday at the Players' Championship, while playing in the final group, uh, shot 76 uh, and was so distraught about uh, the way that he was hitting it, had his coach drive about 12 or 13 hours uh, to get to Innisbrook in time for a quick range session that certainly sorted him out. Some Sundays, it's going to go like that. Other times, he's going to play really well. I think back to the Sanderson Farm, shot 65-67 uh, on the weekend to win that golf tournament last fall. And then you're going to have Sundays like we had uh, at the Valspar Championship, where I don't think he played uh, phenomenal in the final round. He certainly took uh, advantage of 54-hole leader Davis Riley's uh, ugly triple bogey on the fifth hole. But as you mentioned, his, his putting, whether it was on uh, the 10th hole or the 16th hole with the eight-footer for par or the 17th hole where he kind of made a mess uh, around the green and needed, needed to make an eight-footer for his first uh, bogey in, I think, 23 or 24 holes, uh, it, was, it was timely. It was clutch, and to me, this is a player, Rex, who's only getting more comfortable uh, in that position. And so I think the arrow on him is certainly pointing upward, and I'm very curious to see how he's going to play now in the major championships. He is a very small sample size as a player who wasn't even uh, exempt among the top 50 uh, for the Masters when the Masters tournament rolled around last year and now is a three-time winner on the PGA Tour. What about his game do you think translates – uh, to major championships. I think his ball striking is solid, but again, kind of going to what he did on Sunday, he had 16 putts from 10 feet in and only missed one of them. I just think when you look at, you're trying to contend on a Sunday, you're trying to take that next step and, and beat a world-class field that included Justin Thomas right there in the mix. And you only missed one out of one out of 16 putts from 10 feet in on the, over the course of the entire day. I, I think it's always going to be his putting. I mean, he's again, he's a solid ball striker. I think that's always going to come in handy, but man, I mean, his performance on the greens, you pointed it out 70th hole, 71st hole. And then of course, what he makes in the playoff what was a 32 footer. I mean, that was impressive. Absolutely impressive. And you look at his stats, I mean, through the bag, this is an extremely solid, an extremely complete player on the PGA tour hits it plenty long. He's 25th in driving distance. He's lethal with his irons, 10th, 
uh, in approach play. And among the other top 10 players in the world, he's, he's, he's one of the best putters. I mean, he's, he's above average putter on the PJ tour ranking 36th in strokes game putting. I'm, I'm with you. I'd be very surprised if Sam Burns does not find himself uh, in contention at a major championship this year, even though it is pouring Rex, And even though you have a whole lot to do uh, as the only man on the ground right now for GolfChannel.com at the WGC Dell match play, you are in one of the best food cities in all the world. One of the barbecue capitals of this here great country. What's on the docket? What's on the schedule? Where are you going this week? I haven't even done a schedule yet. I assumed you were going to do it for me. Just, just, just start pushing stuff my way. No, there's a couple places uh, staying downtown by the convention center that we've been to before. One, I think it's called uh, Crossings Barbecue, which is right there, kind of where the railroad crossing is. And that's just a walk from the hotel. So that's tonight, and then I'll update you as the week goes on. This is tricky because, as you know, most barbecue places, at least any anyone that uh, is worth going to, it's typically a lunch haunt. Uh, if they're still selling barbecue at 6, 7, 8 o'clock, uh, something has gone terribly wrong. Most of the great places are selling out uh, around 2 or 3 o'clock. That's why people stand in line at 9 a.m. and just start pounding beers until they open. Uh, so this is a tough week for that. You're not there for the barbecue. You are there for the tournament. However, if you can sneak in trips to, let's say, interstellar barbecue uh i've been there and it was excellent uh i went to franklin once uh that was well worth the wait i did that a couple years ago as well and the one i'd love for you to check out i don't know if you're gonna have time uh is Leroy and lewis uh i follow one of their bar one of their pit masters uh on youtube i subscribe to his channel uh bradley robinson otherwise known as Chud's Barbecue does absolutely fantastic food. He is open Wednesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. or until sold out. So if for some reason uh, you have an early day, if for some reason there's a rain delay, uh, even though you did not come over to, to my house during our rain delays, perhaps you can get over to Leroy and Lewis. It is located in Austin, uh, and it is terrific. Pitmaster Evan Leroy uh, does a really good job. I would highly recommend that. Here on the here on the grill, Rex, nothing too special. Did some chicken yesterday. Going to do some salmon tonight. Uh, Going to start testing out some new rib recipes, I believe, with my dad uh, coming down in about a month. I want to make sure I'm at the top of my game there. And since this is WGC Dell Match Play Week, uh, I want to make sure that the smoker is running Wednesday through uh, Friday because – uh, it is always some very good viewing. Uh, if there's anything else you need to get to, we can touch on it on the writer's block. It'll be a special Tuesday edition. You can find us on golfchannel.com and, of course, our YouTube channel. Make sure you read all of Rex's stories on golfchannel.com as well. I believe he'll be joined later in the week uh, by colleague Brentley Roma. I know you're looking forward uh, to reuniting Uh, with him ahead of our master's appearance in just a couple of weeks time. But thank you guys for listening to this extended WDC Dell match plays technology championship edition of the podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week, full recap and also, Oh yes. On early look ahead to the masters.